Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. It's a Saturday. I know y'all don't always see me on a Saturday, but we decided to open the bar tonight because we had a rare opportunity to bring, you know, we've all heard heard the song, We All Wish They Could Be, California Girls. So we brought us not only a California girl, but one that's trying to bring a little bit of California to D.C., running for senatorial candidate at, at you like that? You, you like that? You remember that one? I told you. Senatorial candidate, yes. That's right. U.S. senatorial candidate because uh, they need all the help they can get out of California. I mean, there's one. She, I ain't even getting into Feinstein and all that stuff. That's a whole nother animal. But joining us from way out on the on the left coast, and, and Denise, if I mess up the last part of your name, you have to correct, correct me. Denise Gary Pandall. Pandal, very good. Pandal, Denise Gary Pandal, thank you. Pandal, okay. Great I, to Pandal, I'm gonna say like the like you're close. If you're close to Hollywood, I think Pandal sounds better. Like, <laughs> like, well. like it's kind of got like a nice Hollywood vibe to it. I mean, oh, right. I mean, you we'll might have to go with that tonight. Okay. Tonight, I mean, it's got a very like. <laughs> and now accepting her Oscar, you know, it's got a little vibe to it. I mean, something to think about there. But real quick, before we get too far into this, Denise, let's go ahead and do some house cleaning. As always, folks, if you're finding uh, Denise through us or you've got something that you're supporting, maybe you're running for a political position. Might be dog catcher in your town. Could be you've got your own podcast, a band. I don't care what it is. Go ahead and reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, even the email. It's all the above the bar podcast. Reach out. Let me know what you got going on. We'll read about you live on the air. We'll take care of it. And then we'll put your sticker right here on, on the big sign for sticker and a cause. Once again, let me know what you got going. The other thing now, now Denise, our yeah. sponsors are originally from California, ah. but they've it's a franchise called Budget Blinds. Have you ever heard of Budget Blinds? Yes, sir. See, look at that. Now you get another applause. <laughs> so... We're sponsored by Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson and Cooksockie, New York. Right now in the month of September, off of all qualifying purchases, they're running two different specials. Depending upon how much you purchase, you can get anywhere between 12 to 18 months interest-free on your on your purchase with a qualifying purchase. Or, because we all like the word or, or on certain products up to 25% off your entire order. Just let them know you're there to belly up to the bar. They're going to take care of you. That's budget blinds of East Greenbush and budget blinds of Hudson and Cooks. And that's a small business. That's small business, Republican candidate supporting small business. They're originally from California. What a perfect segue into finding out about Denise, what she's got going on, why she's running for office. I'm very curious about all these things. So again, Denise, welcome. Sean, thank you. So since you mentioned small business, let's start right there. So one of the problems we have here in the state of California nationwide 
is the problem with the Democrats taxing small business out of existence. So small business, medium-sized businesses, you know, they're the engine of our economy here in the United States of America. Uh, they drive 80% of the economy here in our state, the great big golden state of California and the nation. And we have got to take back the United States Senate, Denise Gary Panel for U.S. Senate. That's me. I want to get elected to be your United States Senator in Washington, D.C., so I can begin to deregulate the small business industry. So when I talk to small business owners, as I travel up and down the state, so California, ladies and gentlemen, has 58 counties. It's a great big state. There's lots of cities and lots of counties. And I've been traveling to each and every county here in our state. And business owners say to me, we've got a mountain, a mountain of paperwork to fill out. And the Democrats keep raising our taxes. And it's becoming increasingly difficult just to keep our doors open. So we have to lower taxes. We need to make the middle class uh, income tax permanent. And we need to deregulate every industry in America. So, so let's 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 talk about, for example. Let me ask you a question, real quick, Denise. Sure. Before we, we before we go too far. Sure. Now, when, when I hear deregulation, the first thing that comes to mind to me is the days of Reagan. Deregulation of banks, deregulation of, of power companies, a lot of deregulation during the Reagan during the Reagan era. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will tell you that deregulation is what made big business even bigger created our banks into situations that they cannot fail situations. You'll hear that. That's but, not what I'm looking to do. Mm -mm. But I'm, I, I know, I'm not saying that you're looking to do that. What I'm asking is, is by deregulating, is how where are you drawing that lines at small business? Because small business to me is the guy who by himself or maybe one employee, that's small business to me. When I think of some some of these guys in these deep, when I hear deregulation, the first thing that comes to mind to me is, okay, they're going to deregulate it. I don't have 50 lawyers that can read all the paperwork. I'm going to get swallowed up and the small business is going to, you know, who's really, you know, the guy who's got 50, 60, 150 employees makes 70, $80 million a year is just going to eat my lunch. I didn't so how do you control that? Yeah. I didn't talk about deregulating banks. We're just talking. No, no, I'm about saying that's what I think of about, when I hear deregulation. Well, I know, but we need to make it clear to your audience. We're not talking about deregulating the banking industry. I haven't looked at the banking industry, and I and we haven't had oversight on that. And I'm not aware of specific things with respect to the banking industry that need to be deregulated. If it does need to be deregulated, I'm talking specifically about talking to small business owners in our state and listening to what other small business owners are saying across the country, because I hear this nationwide, that they're being taxed into extinction, that they've got a mountain of paperwork that they have to fill out. So I'm talking specifically about small businesses that are overregulated. For example, it's not just small businesses, it's you, Sean, and it's me, Denise. It's every household represented in America. They're spending $15,000 a year on regulations. What does that mean? So let's talk about food. 
We've got emerging food shortages happening in our country. We have emerging food shortages happening right here in California. California provides 400 commodities to the nation. We provide here in the Golden State, we're, we're a lot about agriculture. Here in California, Sean, we provide over two-thirds of all the fruit and nuts that you're going to eat and anybody else is going to eat in this country and around the globe. The Golden State, California, provides almost half, over a third to half, of all the vegetables that you, Sean, and other people are going to eat here in California and nationwide and around the globe. We provide food to eat, but what's happening is due to regulations, the water industry here in California. Yeah, that's huge. And that's in other countries, excuse me, and in other states across the union, they're turning off the water. So what's happening in California that grows the food that you eat, Sean, farmers are plowing under their crops. Uh, cattlemen ranchers that have other types of livestock are getting rid of their livestock in some states people they're slaughtering their cattle so what's happened is let's go back and let's let me tell you how i want to fix it for you because you're spending a lot more money sean on food than you ever have before oh 100 absolutely we're, we're all spending a lot more inflation on groceries is 80 percent higher than it's ever been so if you don't want to spend so much money to buy a loaf of bread, which cost me $4.31 here in California the other day, if you don't want to spend that kind of money for a loaf of bread, let me tell you why you need to elect me. So one of the first things that we need to do is we need to get rid of a federal piece of legislation that was passed called NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act back in 1970. So that's created all kinds of bureaucracies that you didn't vote for, Sean. I didn't vote for here in California. You didn't vote for them back in New York. So they've created, so bureaucracies have create, been created out of it, like FERC, the Federal Environmental uh, Regulatory Commission. What, what's FERC doing in California, Sean? What's FERC doing in states around the union? They're destroying dams and reservoirs. So we have four dams up in Siskiyou County. That's northern northern part of our state. And the entire fishing industry has been destroyed now in the northern part of our state. The entire fishing industry. Does that mean less fish in the food markets of California and this country? Oh, yeah. Does that mean the price of fish goes up? Oh, yes. Right, 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 right. So... If you destroy dams and reservoirs as the federal government through FERC, the Federal Environmental Regulatory Commission is doing nationwide, you're going to have fewer fishing industries available in order for us to go out and buy fish. So we have got to get rid of NEPA. I believe that I'll get senators like Cruz and Cotton and Mar uh, Marsha Blackburn and others who are looking at and have are considering the fishing industry and saying we can't have a bureaucracy of the federal government running around to every state in the union and destroying dams and reservoirs. Okay, so food is just one aspect of it. 
let's talk about the economies in these states. Let's talk about California because I'm I'm running to be California's United States Senator and replace Dianne Feinstein and defeat Adam Schiff and Katie Porter. So here in does California, does Feinstein even know she's a senator anymore? Does she even I realize she's still there? She probably does, but she needs to go. And Adam yeah, like Schiff, I don't even understand that at all. Like, well, you know, she's I, a placeholder. She's a placeholder until the elections in 2024. And I'd rather have her there as a placeholder than somebody that Newsom appointed. So moving on. So we have got to get rid of NEPA. We've got to get rid of these bureaucracies. For example, here in California, we have what's called the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And they get a lot of snow. And that snowpack melts every spring and all of it runs into the Pacific Ocean. If we just saved 5% of the Sierra Nevada snowpack, we wouldn't have one water problem in our state. It's called dams, reservoirs, water infrastructure, like off stream reservoirs. It's called water, rainwater capture systems. It's illegal in the state of California and in some states for farmers or ranchers or homeowners to have rainwater capture systems. You know, the Israelis are making a ton of money off the water industry. They've come up with a little thing called fog capture systems. A fog capture system will pull the moisture right out of the air. And it will process that water and provide you 100% pure, clean drinking water. We could make money. We could sell mobile units of reclamation water uh, processes, which the Israelis have invented. We can send them into third world countries and they can reclaim bad water and turn it for good. I mean, we have, you know, people say, well, well California is always suffering from a drought. We have enough water through rainfall if we just stored it, reclaimed it, had rainwater capture systems, de used desalination plants. We would have more than enough water, Sean. We would be able to sell our water to other nations that needed it. That's just one example. So you, you brought up deregulation. So I've given you now an example of how we need to deregulate the water industry because the federal government and state governments are controlling it. They're regulating it so we can't even build a rainwater capture system. And farmers here in my state, they'll say, you know what, Denise? I built a well on my property, on my farm, with my money. And I'm paying the state of California for every drop I pull out of my well on my property that I built with my own money. That's wrong. And that needs to end because we have an abundant water. But guess what else? If we don't deregulate and get rid of NEPA and FERC, the problem is, too, you need dams and reservoirs to help put out fires. You know, in Siskiyou County, up in Northern California, there's a lot of forestry, a lot, a lot of forest, beautiful, beautiful area. 
And those helicopters, when there's a fire, they'll dip down into those reservoirs, those dams, and they'll, you know, pull up their buckets of water. It, it helps put out those fires. It's very important. It's also good for hydroelectric power. There's so many good things that happen when you have dams and reservoirs. And when you have the federal government and the state government, because of regulations, environmental regulations coming in to destroy them, you've got a real serious water problem, which means you have a, a, the price of food problem. So I wanna lower the price of food for every American in America, and I wanna lower the price of food for the working poor. To do that, we're gonna to have to deregulate the water industry, okay? So that's so, just- So here's my question for you. So, so how many dams do you, do you think you need? Well, you need several dams up and down the state, and you need dams in every state of the union. You'd have to take that state by state, do an example. Well, I'm just talking California. So you've been talking about California. You're focused on there. That's that's where your constituents will be. How many dams would you think that they need up in the Sierra Nevadas? I mean, you guys had your largest. We have snowfall. four dams that are being destroyed there right now. I, I'm not talking, but the like I'm talking about like new dams where you were talking about the ones up with the. I have Sierra to Nevadas. do an accounting. Well, Sean, I mean, okay. as of today, I'd have to do an accounting of how many dams currently are being destroyed. I keep finding out on the campaign trail that there's this another dam, one, there's another one, there's yeah, another I one. I mean, I'd have to do, you'd have to do an accounting. And also we need to build more dams and reservoirs here in our state for our farmers and ranchers. We don't have enough. We haven't built a dam in California since the 1980s. Wow. It's, it's so incredible. That's that's a long time. I mean, you would think that that's part of the infrastructure plans is things along those lines, you especially think. when because you guys are because you guys a lot of your water comes from the Colorado River and there's a big thing between what is it De is it Denver or Arizona we and California? Of, no, we no no we we don't need a lot of water from the California. But I'm saying like right, currently that's where a, a large portion of it comes. But in there a big fight between we so, get some water from Colorado. The point that I'm making is. If we had our dams and reservoirs built and ready you wouldn't to need go. it. Yeah, absolutely. Makes per makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to me. Here in Nevada snow melt from going into the Pacific Ocean, at least five to ten percent of it. And we've got our water needs taken care of. But guess what? Carlsbad, California, beautiful area in Southern California, they build a desalination plant, one of the best and largest in the world. And all of their water needs are met through the desalination plant. The Los Angeles River fills up with water from rain. What, what are we doing with that source of river water to store that up and provide water? We could have enough water for all the residents of the Los Angeles County area if we properly maintain that water and store that water. I mean, there's lots of things we can do up and down the state. There's a- yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like like you've definitely uh, thought that through, and and there there's a plan there. There's a process. There's a process well, day there. One, day one, we need to we need to end NEPA. We need to destroy these regulations and regulatory agencies. That you know, I don't know about you, but I didn't elect FERC to come into the state of California and destroy four dams in California that absolutely destroyed the fishing industry up there cause the people that lived in those areas to have to move. I mean, people that have lived there 
second, third, fourth generation families had to get out of their homes because when all that water is released from a dam and it starts pouring down from the dam, it destroys everything in its way. Well, I don't, I don't understand most regulatory bodies that have the ability to create rules and when that are they're un- not at- that are not approved by the right. They just create their own rules. There's, there's no voter involved. Yeah, right. There's no vote involved. There's it's no socialism, and we need to get yeah. rid of it. Well, that, any of those. So, I, I'm definitely with you on that. Any any regulatory body that is given the ability to just create rules without actually being overseen, and you know, it, you know, it always ends up the same way. They get they get caught with their pants down. It then goes in front of a committee. Somebody says something and they go, well, we've been doing this for the last 25 years. Now you guys are just going to say something. And, and it's always the, the same way. They, they take a little at a time. They just draw a little in at a time before we actually know what's going on. So now I, I got to ask this question. You mentioned some of the other candidates that are running for that seat. Again, that you'll be running against. What is the qualification that you like if I were to set all three of you down? And and I was looking at this from from just a blind, no political party put next to it, no name sitting at it. I just looked at resumes, blank resumes. What would you say is the thing that you bring to the table that nobody else can bring to the table? One of the most important things I bring to the table is my national security credentials. So when I um, when I was working on a second advanced an advanced degree in political science, international relations. It's important to know the games nations play and how they play them and, and what leverage you can use. So, for example, when you've had top secret clearances and, um, and you got us an advanced degree in poli sci focused on international relations, and I focused specifically, my core field of study was in Middle Eastern affairs, you learn quite a bit about the world and what's going on in the world and um, what we need to do and how we need to be safe. And so I worked on national security studies to keep you safe, to keep me safe and our families safe across America and abroad. And um, so when I was in grad school, uh, Reagan was a two-term president and uh, we did work for the White House in during that period of time in my life. Now, later I moved on and, and uh, worked for other, another administration. And then, of course, I went to work for a multinational uh, that worked on information management systems uh, devices for people involved in the military, like yourself and intelligence agencies around the globe. So we did all kinds of things related to security And one of the things, unlike Adam Schiff, is I haven't discussed the information that I learned with the public. So I'm not a felon. That's a pretty good one. Right. So, I mean, I'm not a criminal. And uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. And and you might also consider that I'm the only candidate that has this background and understanding. For example, I like I like to talk about something else to make life more affordable for the people in New York and California. It's not just getting rid of um, bureaucracies like NEPA and FERC. It's also deregulating 
the oil and gas and coal industry, for example. When you consider, a little bit of history here for everybody, when you consider our history, you know, great, the, the Great War, the war to end all wars, World War I, you know, the British made it clear to the world when they thanked America, they said, we rose to victory on a wave of oil. The United States of America provided 80% of that oil and gas and coal that the allies needed, that we needed to bring that war to an end and to win it. World War II was the United States of America that had the oil and gas that was needed to bring victory to the United States and our allies in World War II, and we had unconditional surrender of our enemies. We would not today have a problem as we do with Russia and China and, and in Ukraine if the United States of America had continued on a path of energy independence because that can be used as leverage 100%. when you're negotiating. So, for example, we just heard the headlines last week. Japan is bucking the United States. Japan isn't going to buy from us our oil and gas. They're going to get it from Russia. Excuse me? Why would Japan shift its alliance from the United States to Russia? Well, let me explain something to, to, you, to your audience. So that's very important because we, the United States of America, should be getting Japan on board with our United States national security needs and values and strengths. And to do that, Japan needs to be with us. Otherwise, now Russia and China is going to have leverage over Japan and Japan's foreign policy decisions that could be detrimental to the United States of America. We fought them before. Let me explain that China, which, Sean, you come from a military background, you probably know this, China has now found trillions of cubic feet of natural gas in the South China Sea. China has just found billions, billions of untapped barrels of oil in the South China Sea. Okay, so China isn't allowing Vietnam, Laos, Japan, Korea. They're not allowing any nation state to get close to that natural gas and, and petroleum reserves that they found in the South China Sea. They want to control all of it, and they've built, they've literally built and militarized and weaponized islands in the South China Sea. Now, how is that helpful to the United States that we have allies in Europe and, and now in Asia like Japan that are looking to Russia to supply them with what they would need to wage a war? Really oh, bigger than that. Bigger than that to me is the fact that they're they're talking about taking the U.S. dollar out of how they're going to trade in oil. They want to remove the U.S. dollar from how oil is traded, which has always been a benefit to us, benefit to our economy. And now they're talking about the uh, the yen King as as how they control that. So, so to me, how do you how do you stop yeah. that though? How do you control no, that? Just, situation? I, I'm I'm going to finish with oil and gas first. Okay. Well, all right. So. so 
the way you do keep king dollar king dollar in the global community is you have energy independence and you protect and you expand that industry here in America so that you say to every ally around the globe, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of all of your fossil fuel needs. Now, some people, they don't like that word fossil fuel. I don't care. Let's just use that word for oil and gas and coal. That We're going to take care of those needs because we need you on Team USA. That, that's first and foremost. When that happens, King Dollar is back in place. That's number one. Number two, that the New Yorkers and the people in California, they're, they're, the price of gasoline at the pump is going to go way down because that's going to end inflation. Number two, it's going to be a lot easier for New Yorkers and Californians to heat their homes in the winter and have be able to afford electricity to cool their homes in the summer. It is the only thing, by the way, oil, coal, a natural gas, nuclear, but fossil fuels, that is the most reliable and really the only reliable source of energy that can ramp up and ramp down an electric grid. Remember that. There's nothing that's so dependable as gas for electric grid. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and that is strategic because you're not going to be able to have what the, what the Democrats, what Adam Schiff and Katie Porter, who, who I am working to defeat for United States Senate, you're not going to be able to put a tank oh, anywhere in the world and be able to depend on electricity or a battery to keep that tank running on the front lines of a battlefield. It's not going to happen. We cannot be without energy independence and remain the world's superpower. This is number one for national security. It's number one to end inflation. When you think about, for example, here in California and 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 across our country, we we have a bureaucracy called CARB here in California. It's the California Air Resources Board. They want to destroy the trucking industry in, in California. Well, if you if you destroy the trucking industry in California and you tell all the truckers in California you've got to get rid of your trucks and go out and buy an electric truck, we're not going to be able to get supplies to market. Whether that's food, whether that's food or anything else, won't happen, people. We can we've got to get rid of these unelected bureaucrats that are running these bureaucracies that you never voted for to begin with. Well, they're a friend of a friend of a friend who needed a job. You know, you gotta get them in there. The other thing with the electric keep it going. Yeah. And the other thing with the electric that, that nobody talks about is we don't have the infrastructure in this country for our our grid to handle if everything went electric we don't have the infrastructure we've we never, never upgraded our infrastructure it's not going to last we never that's will. a and for us to to get to that point that's a that's a whole animal now i've heard you talk about a lot about oil but when i think about independence one of the most 
rely one of the cleanest that everyone's scared to death of it that I always laugh at is nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear is so cheap and clean. Yeah. Nuclear is real cheap and real clean. And we've got Democrats like Adam Schiff and Katie Porter destroying nuclear in California. And I'll tell you this right now, people, it costs more money for a Democrat to destroy a sophisticated, clean, inexpensive nuclear facility in New York or California than it does to build one. But let me say, well, let me assure the people of New York and California this. Nuclear now is so sophisticated, you know, just like oil and gas, they've cleaned it up. They've made it so secure, so safe, so inexpensive. We've got the cleanest in the world, the safest in the world, because we have a thing called good old American ingenuity. And our scientists and engineers have been working to make everything clean and safe. Instead of tearing down, we need to rebuild or build super our super safe, technologically advanced nuclear so we can have clean, safe energy production in America. But I'm telling you, natural gas, look at fine natural gas and oil are key. Coal is key. Coal is so clean now, it's incredible. It's going to, it's fabulous for the economy. It's fabulous for the environmentalists. It's a humanitarian issue. Our farmers need what's a little thing called synthetic fertilizer. It's really not synthetic. It's, it's organic, but farmers for crops, crops that are strong, crops that will grow and, and get to market. There's a thing called synthetic fertilizers that is used and that comes out of petroleum and that's extremely important for our farmers and it's needed for farmers around the globe so because petroleum production is so low it's hurt farmers here in california and across america and globally as well we've got to fix that problem so so oil and gas we've got to protect it We've got to expand it. It's a national security issue. It's an economic issue. It's an environmental issue because it's so clean, but it's also a humanitarian issue today. And it can help save America in the next world war. And there'll be another world war. God, I hope you're I hope you're wrong about that one. Well, I hope I'm wrong too, but there's always 20, 20 years in the Marine Corps, still got a lot of friends Even and a lot of kids. I, I, yeah. The Bible says there will always be wars and rumors of wars. Well, there, there will be. There'll be uh, another one. I, I, I go to church every Sunday, and I still pray that there, there's still not going to be one. I do, too. So, so do too. you know, as, as this is moving forward, and, you know, the election is. So this is all for the 2024 election for you, and you're on that camp, your campaign trail. What do you feel like? So so I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of, of, a, of a shift for a second here. When, when you run into people and they say, hey, hey, Denise, this is my, you know, and I know we talked about business. We've talked about how we can, can get it back into it. Make life affordable the, for you know, like, like I'm a big get rid of the IRS person. Yeah. I, I, I think the IRS is absolutely, the, it, it, the IRS is absolutely garbage. Uh, it does nothing. There's no need for it. There's no there. It, it serves no purpose. And again, here's a, a non-regular, uh, a, a body that has no right to vote or, or create laws, but can come in and arrest you and take everything from you. Uh, but that's me thing. So 
what I'm curious of is when you're talking to some folks that are in, in California, if you're in the most northern end of California to the most southern end you know, of California, I'm talking from the Oregon border to, to the uh, Mexican border, what is something that galvanizes all those folks together that you hear on a regular basis as you're going through those 58 counties that you would say, you know what, I didn't, not that you came into knowing, and that you came into see, but in the process of this, you went, son of a gun, I've never heard this, or I didn't know this. Mm. Like something that galvanizes all of them. Well, there's nothing I haven't heard. Uh, the thing that galvanizes all of them is really, um, of course, what I've talked about, but illegal immigration and the border crisis. I mean, from that, one end to the other, that's a big, big issue for oh, California. Oh, oh, yeah. Because in Siskiyou County, where they're destroying dams, Russian and Chinese illegals, together with the Hmong from Cambodia and Laos, are up there growing. Really? That's, that's the population? They've gone up there to Siskiyou County, north, the most wow. northern area of our state. They're not just in Southern California or Central California, they're involved in illegal activity up in Northern California. And it's really upsetting to everyone in our state because they're involved with, with illegal grows up in Siskiyou and they're contaminating the water supply and they seem to be involved in human trafficking. So while we have on the border uh, Islamic terrorist cells that are working with drug cartels that have dug tunnels from Mexico into California and have purchase children or kidnap children and are, are, are killing them and selling their organs in, 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 in doing organ harvesting and selling their organs on the black market or selling them into the sex slave trade or the labor trade. And we've got, you know, little human beings, little children that are being sold over and over and over again in the sex slave trade and that are then dying. And we're finding women stripped and lying raped and dead on the side of the road up there in Siskiyou County. It's not just in San Diego County. It's not just in Los Angeles County. It's all the way north. And people want the border closed. They want crime to be illegal again. They don't like the fact that Democrats have brought slavery back to the United States once more. If there's anything that we're in agreement on, it's that in 1854, when Democrats got passed in Congress, the Kansas-Nebraska Act that said for every slave state that entered the Union, you had to have a free state or for every free state, a slave state had to come in. And people in the United States up north, they said, uh-uh, we're going we're to establish an anti-slavery party. And in 1854, they created the Republican Party, and we had a man that had the guts to run on an anti-slavery platform who was murdered for it after the war was won, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States. We ended slavery in America. But the Democrats, through this open border policy, have brought slavery back. And one of the things I want to do as United States senator is I want to make human trafficking not just a serious felony, but punishable by death. 
because you can't sell a little girl that's 12 years old and have her constantly raped because you have to drug them. They get hysterical. They don't understand what's going on. They're, they're innocent. They're children. They get drugged. They get beaten. They get starved. Sometimes those children will commit suicide. They'll try to escape. They'll be killed. Mm. And fentanyl. Fentanyl is a biological warfare agent as far as I'm concerned. It's oh, I believe, I believe the Chinese are opium. shipping that in. It's an the opium Chinese war. That in. It's an opium war. They haven't taught they haven't just taught the Mexican drug cartels how to manufacture it. They're still shipping it in. Yeah, that's and, that's and the obvious. atomic paracels are helping them. That's all part of destroying our country from within, whether it's China or countries like Qatar. They're spending millions and millions of dollars on propaganda campaigns here in the United States to divide us, whether it's gender identity, whether it's critical race theory and making people focus on skin color again, or, or getting them hooked on these, uh, on, on fentanyl, which is a synthetic really comes out of opi the opium poppy plant. Uh, this, this is, you know, China hasn't forgotten the opium wars. And this is, I, and, and I think this is all part of that. You know, we, again, have to make crime illegal once more in our country and in our state. And Title VIII, Section 1182, it's a, a federal law, Sean. It's a federal law. So Title VIII um, states, Section 1182, it was on my website. I looked at my website just before I got on tonight, and I noticed that my website people had literally uh, taken down the piece that I wrote and put up some really mumbo jumbo. So anyway, is somebody going to be unemployed after this? You bet. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but my, um, hopefully, hopefully within the next 48 hours, the piece that I wrote will be up. Cause there's a link. There's a link to title eight section 1182 on the piece that I wrote. And, and it states that you can't come into this country unless you have documentation that says you have permission that's title that's a federal law oh, okay you're, you're okay i know what you're talking about now title 8 section 1182 says you can't come into this country if you're going to be a ward of the state well what is the ward of the state w-a-r-d ward of the state what does that mean that means if you're going to be given cash food lodging transportation education hospital care dental care i mean Everything that people that are six million people that are coming here illegally, that are costing Americans billions of taxpayer dollars, you know, it's not the government that pays for it. We pay for it. The government gets their money from us. So we're paying for these people to break our law, to get fed and clothed and, and transported and housed and educated and get all the proper medical they, they, they could put. Well, you and I are paying for it. We're, we have to pay for all that ourselves. So, so we're getting very close. This is all illegal. So, so we're, 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 we're close to, to closing up the bar here, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Just a little devil's advocate. I got to do it. I think it's important in every conversation. My wife will tell you I do it all the time when we're, when we're talking. 
That way we, we can kind of think how the other side thinks here. So devil's advocate for a minute, I'm going to say, hey, are we not a country that was built on the idea that everyone comes here, no matter how you get here, you bring your ideas, you bring your way, ways of thinking, and, and it meshes and melds, and then the next thing you know, we continue to be Americans. Because I don't know about you, I've done my 23 and me. I've got I'm I'm a mud as mutt comes, you know. I, I've got all kinds of different stuff going on here. So what would you say from a and I don't like the term fast track. I really don't like that term that much, but I do know that I used to recruit for the Marine Corps. And I used to have kids that they could come into my office and the Thursday before graduate they could go to boot camp and the Thursday before graduation on that Friday, they would actually hold a ceremony for them to become U.S. citizens if they wanted to. They could, like, that quickly, faster than anywhere else in the country. You could go from boot camp and then in 13 weeks be a U.S. citizen. Would you – is there anything that you could say, like, hey, we have a process. I would support this. Some idea, because I think there's a lot of good folks that look they're coming from bad situations. You talked about, you know, the farming in California. I've watched enough stuff on that where that's where a lot of their workers come from is that population. And if that population wasn't there, no one's picking the crops because they they can't afford I to pay the minimum wage. crops when I was in high school and I was well, too dangerous in the fields. And as a white woman, I couldn't get a oh, job. Oh, yeah, no. So and that's, that's that mindset. About how, how, yeah. That's that mindset. But but what would you say as an idea that so that folks could come here and support the American dream? Fill in. I've, I've talked to my children about like that's where the concern is, is they're they're not filling in the tax base. They're not supporting the tax base. You're supplying for folks like that. Billions. You, in California, you have four million uh, folks that live in the state of California that are unregistered. And are kids in schools and kids in systems that no one. They're taking jobs. For. They're taking jobs. Well, well most times they take jobs that other people don't don't they're want. Taking, but what I'm saying is, no, what would no, you support? No, that? no, you're not going to get away with that. They're taking jobs and getting paid under the table because uh, construction companies don't have to pay them a regular oh, yeah. salary. So they they're taking jobs from working men and women who because they can get paid under the table and then other people do not have to pay into the system. Well, that's what and I'm saying. They're, they're not part of that tax base. They're not, they're not part of it. Away from our American people. So that's so, illegal. So what would you say then is a good process, especially for, you know, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not right on the dream. John, no, the well, answer is this. Let me answer it. Yeah. The answer is this. We allow a million people over a million people to come into our country legally. So okay. we already have an open door policy where if you're sitting over there and you want to come into the United States of America, you sign up, you get vetted. So we know who you are. We know if you have a criminal record or not. We know if you're coming here to live off of welfare or if you're coming here to make a contribution to America. So, you know, and, and if you're healthy or not, so people are welcome to come to America and we welcome immigrants to the United States. Denise Gary Pandel welcomes 
people from other lands. My people are from Estonia and Latvia. And they came here and they worked like crazy. And they learned the language. They didn't steal jobs from anybody. They didn't become a ward of the state. But they got off the ship. They learned English and they immediately went to work. I'm saying to you, I have no problem with immigration to America. But we need to have people that have been properly vetted so we know we're not opening the door to people with a criminal record that may be involved in human trafficking, may be involved with a terrorist cell, may be, be involved with some other criminal activity that, that for example, identity theft or Huge. some other kind of crime that is a problem here in America today. We want people that have been vetted. And that's why we have a way to do it legally. Now, Denise, when's the next time somebody could see you, meet you face-to-face -face out in California? Like any, any engagements coming up, any college campuses you're going to be at, or any lo local Republican organizations where somebody could sit down and hear your viewpoints and hear how that you're going to be able to support them through California? Thank you. So first of all, I didn't bring my calendar here with me to the, to the podcast, so it's in the other room, and I and I don't I don't know when my next uh, uh, showing is because or event is. I apologize. I've been so busy this week. I haven't even looked at Monday, but I would like to invite everyone to go to Facebook for Denise Gary Pandle for U.S. Senate. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Go to True Social. Go to X. You know, the new Twitter. Oh, yes. The yes, new Twitter X. X yes. Twitter, Twitter Thread. X. What's the other one? Trend or thread or something? I I'm I have speeches. I have videos. I talk about making America affordable again, making California affordable again, so that people can have a higher standard of living, economic growth and prosperity. I talk about that. I talk about school choice. I talk about having parents' tax dollars follow their children from K through 12. So if they want their child out of a failing public school, they can put that child into the very best school they choose to put their child into for the very best education. Because through choice, we have competition. And when there's competition, people work harder, they do better, we may have better public schools. We may have better private schools. Uh, there are homeschool co-ops. There are charter schools. In other words, let's create some competition like we do in the marketplace. Amen. Let's let's get our children in the very best schools possible. I, I'm curious. Now you brought that up. Now I, I'm. I don't know your whole policy on that. Is this? And I'll kind of put a little spotlight on it for a minute. But would you support? a voucher for parents if they said, Hey, I don't want my kid in this public school, but there's a private school or a Christian school or whatever it is in their community. I don't want my tax dollars going there. It's their you, tax dollar. They should have their, right, they should have a right to choose that belong to those parents for that, those children or a child. I don't know if you have a child or you have 10 children, have, your yeah. tax dollars, should be able to follow your children. It they belong to you, not the state. Despite what Adam Schiff and Katie Porter 
and the Democrats that I'm running to defeat, despite the fact they'll tell you, well, your children are belong to the community and the state. No, they're your children. You know, those mothers gave birth to their children and, and, and those fathers and, you know, that's the family unit and the family unit needs to be protected and the family unit needs to be strong and they need to be able to have the freedom to pick the school that they want their child in or children to attend. That seems I, I like, that, isn't that freedom? Isn't that what a democracy is supposed to be all about? Absolutely. It's more freedom. Yeah, well, it's it's more even getting into like you can pick what school your kids go to. They can go to private school, but we're still taking your tax dollars and we're going to send it to this exactly, public school that you have not. It, it drives me absolutely bonkers because that's, that's 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 something my wife and I discuss all the time. No, Just like right. like tax breaks for I, I'm a big fan of tax no, breaks for seniors that. for seniors in communities that do not have children. Why are they paying a school tax if it doesn't if they're not involved in that school well, i'm a big thing, fan of that well i'm a big fan of ending veterans from having to pay any federal tax at all depends about you can get it pretty close we get pretty it depends on your state like here in new york California. i can get about seven seventy five percent off of my uh property taxes actually i'll tell you back you can get if you're fully disabled you can get a hundred percent off of it and there's some other benefits every state's different what sucks is the federal government on my retirement not, still I'm takes not, taxes they still I'm, take taxes out of my retirement. That's what I'm talking about, Sean. As oh, a U.S. Me. senator, I'm talking about federal. Because yes. veterans, your U.S. pension is taxed. Your U.S. pension is, your pension is taxed by the federal government. I 100%. want legislation to end all sure. taxation on the federal government. just level. got my vote. <laughs> I'm not even in California. I may have well, to move. I, yeah, but you can make a donation at DeniseGaryPandle.com. There you go. And folks, it's running right across the screen. Denise Gary and, and Pedal is P A N D O L dot com. I still like the California Hollywood version, Pedal. I like that that version better. But I mean, whatever, but, whatever version you like, make whatever it version you like, it could be the Hollywood women. version. But but I I agree with you. Look, that's an argument. That's a conversation I have all the time. That for some godforsaken reason, New York, which everybody thinks is super liberal, New York doesn't tax my pension at all. They don't touch my pension. I get. 75% off of property. I, I have like a lot of things that like they take very good care of me as a veteran here in New York. If you didn't know it, there's a lot of wars that were fought here. Guess what, folks? Go read a history book. Uh, I'm reading uh, Marine Corps 1775 to 1777 right now. It's Washington's Marines. It's a pretty damn good book. But, you know, these are the things that we're talking about. Look, folks, get out there. It, whether you agree, disagree anything with what Denise has to say, I I will tell you one of the best lines I ever heard was from Reagan. And I'm not talking about uh, the, the one he said about the Marine Corps is we need an 80% solution. That 80% solution, every, the other 20% we can talk about. That is what I hear from Denise is we need to find a way for you to have an 80% solution. And the other 20%, let's have a conversation. That is, to me, the biggest thing we've lost. Look, we've always been divided by political lines. You go, you know, you start really reaching into it and, and finding out that shit's been here forever. That's who we are as Americans. I like blue shoes. She likes red shoes. I'm not talking to you no more. It's just who we are. That's, you know, I'm a Ravens fan. She's probably like, a, what would it be? Raiders? Raiders, maybe? Raider Nation? Chargers? I don't know. I don't know. It's California. You never know what team they have anymore. They have the Rams now back. 
from St. Louis back over. So you never know. So so take a look. And, and Denise Gary Pendol is P-A-N-D-O-L.com. Take a moment. Go see what Denise has going on. Go see what she's happened, has happening. And look, as I always say on everything, look, if you're finding me through Denise, it may sound absolutely as cliche as it possibly can. Just like when they're like, get out there and rock the vote. Uh, get out there and give me a five-star rating because that's how Denise's message gets out. That's how the, these algorithms work, whether you like it or not, whether you're into it or not. Make sure you're doing that. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'd put it. I'd sketch it into the back of your grandma's transistor radio if I could, just so you could find us. Now, before I let you go, Denise, now normally Nate didn't show up. Nate is one of my closest friends and biggest fans. What is? I'm going to ask his question for you. And then I have another one for you. So two questions. The first one is, before I let you go, what is your go-to California meal? Your go-to. Your go-to place. My go-to restaurant, you mean? Restaurant and then the meal you got to have. What is it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. McDonald's. What? You're McDonald's? You have California. You just told In me you're feeding everybody. I love In and Out Burger. What? I love In and Out Burger. You like In and Out better than Jack in the Box? Available. You like In and Out better than Jack? I'm a Jack in the Box double double ultimate bacon cheeseburger guy. <laughs> you don't have like a restaurant that you're like this is my spot. Yes, like, I do. What is it? Well, here here in the city that I live in, there's a home. There's an an Italian restaurant called Frugati's. And it's a local restaurant owned by a gentleman and his family who came from Italy. Well, he came from Italy and his family. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a little Italian restaurant. It's very down home, very family oriented. I like that restaurant. I like to go there when I have time. I haven't been there for a while because there has been no time. All right, well, and we gotta here get I you. love show and it's a Saturday night. So that loves you and me. Yeah. Hey, at least it's only six o'clock. We're almost six o'clock where you are. It's, Almost That's nine true. o'clock where I am. That's true. So, so the last question, I know you listen to all 190 some episodes of my show. We're pushing almost 200 at this point. You've listened to every single one. You just absorbed it. You know everything about how this process, this works. So the last question that I have for all my guests is always the same question. Don't log off on me after this question. It's a very, very simple question. And that is, what is your final word for all of our viewers? Pray, 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 pray for America, pray for California, pray for me, pray that I win and pray that I have enough money to do so. Because without more resources, it's really difficult to defeat somebody like an Adam Schiff or Katie Porter. Pray. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 